The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Latter-day Lives podcast. Thank you so much. For joining us this week, we've got a really fun show. Uh, before we jump into the show, I want to thank a few people who have given us reviews recently. I'm not going to go through and read them. You know who you are. Thank you so much. Uh, the show has just been growing in leaps and bounds. It makes me so happy. We've gotten a bunch of new reviews on iTunes as well as on Facebook. It is wonderful. Thank you so much. It really means the world to us. We are up to just about a thousand followers on Facebook. And we'd love to get past that thousand mark. So if you haven't liked us there, if you would, that would be great. Also, our other project, Linger Longer Live. It has been so fun to watch this grow. It's just been a wonderful experience. So if you want to tune in uh, this Thursday, the 27th, we have our next Linger Longer Live. It's at 7 p.m. Utah time. And the four of us are going to be sitting down. And this week's topic is church dances. Should be a really fun one. Tune in and, and you can join us and Uh, submit your questions and be on live with us. That's on Facebook Live on Linger Longer Live. And the last little bit of business, boy, it's a a lot of business uh, this week. Last bit of business I have is I had such a cool opportunity this week to uh, be on the Cultural Hall podcast. Cultural Hall is a fantastic show hosted by Richie Stedman. It's a similar format. We were talking about how the format is similar, but they explore all parts of the faith, uh, whereas we are a little bit more... Uh, faith-centric and more about people's lives. They talk about issues and current issues going on. But Richie is a good man and did a great job with our interview. So I'm on his podcast. If you want to check out this week's episode, we talk about this show as well as Linger Longer Live. All right. I think that's pretty much everything this week on the show. I'm so excited. I have the sweetest couple on. Um, Dallin and Marin Drubay have a podcast of their own. That's how we connect. It turns out they live not far from here at all, but uh, they've got a podcast called Both of Us. And oh my gosh, they are the sweetest, most wonderful couple. It's fun to see young couples who are so young, in love, faithful, have these great kids. And if you listen to their podcast uh, and you listen to this interview, you will fall in love with them. They are phenomenal. They came in. I had such a wonderful time talking to them. They have great perspective. And they'll tell you all about their podcast. That's all coming up. Excited for you to uh, hear that. And this week in my Latter-day Life, I'm going to tell you a little bit about an early wake-up call I got earlier this week. That's all coming up for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And my guest today in the Latter-day Live studio is a husband and wife who have their own podcast (laughs) where they talk about all things family and parenting and uh, relationship and Disneyland and all kinds of fun stuff. (laughs) The Drew Bays are here. Welcome to the Latter-day Lives podcast. Thank you so much for having us on. Oh, it's so fun. (laughs) So we've got uh, Marin and Dallin, Drew Bay, and we're going to hear all about your lives. But first of all, tell us the name of the podcast. Uh, The podcast is called Both of Us. Both of Us. Mm -hmm. Love the name. (laughs) It took a long time to come up with it. Did it really? It really did. It was a source of... It was simple, but it took a long, long time. 
What were some yeah. of the other contenders? Oh, goodness. There was one. Um, Do you remember still? Like something like about call you, call you when I get there or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. We were trying to think of phrases that husbands and wives say to each other a lot. Yeah. So, like, call me when you get there or... Yeah, that was one um, for a while. Yeah. Oh, what was the other one? Another you know, one. based on my marriage, it should have been called, Why Can't You Ever Pick Up Your Stuff? <laughs> that's what that's what mine would have been called. So it's a good thing you didn't call it I think it Pick Up Your Socks was another one Pick Up Your while. Socks. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be a good one in my marriage. Or Are You Watching Basketball Again? Would be yeah. another podcast my marriage would have. So that's awesome. Or yeah. just really? Yeah, really. Yeah, that, would have been that, a, that would have been a good one. That would have been a good one. You know what would be a good husband and wife podcast? Would be nothing. As in, what's wrong? Nothing. Nothing, nothing dot. The, the nothing dot. The nothing. Yes, I can or tell. Or I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Nothing, I'm fine. That's going to be my next podcast. It's That's gonna be good. Nothing, nothing, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I want to hear a little bit about each of you separately and how we came together. Who wants to go first? I'm going to let Marin go first. Marin. Let's hear all about the life of Marin. Marin, where are you from? I'm from Provo. Yeah. Originally, actually, yeah, born and raised awesome. in the heart of Provo. Um, I'm the youngest in my family of lots of siblings. So, yeah, yeah, I grew and up. You still look young. You guys both look young. <laughs> you are young, though. Yeah, so well, thank good. you. That's good. <laughs> yeah, we're young parents, but that's yeah. part of the fun. <laughs> that's cool. So, uh, how many siblings? Um, I've got, well, lots of half siblings. Yeah. I've got. Ten half siblings, Ten actually. Ten half siblings. Wow. Yeah, I grew up with five that mm-hmm. we grew up in the same house, and then five from my dad's previous marriage that <clears throat> grew up in a different house. So awesome. we're a big family, and now <laughs> both my parents are remarried, so we have step siblings, and it's just a really big family. <laughs> That's fun, boy. That makes like uh, holidays and stuff really fun, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. our wedding was like five hundred people or something. It was crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. And all members of the church or no? Um, it's a mixed group. Yeah. We've yeah. got non-members. But did and... you grow up in the church? Yeah, I did. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. So you grew up in Provo. What were you like as a, as a team? <laughs> what were your interests? Were you into sports, drama? What was your thing? Drama, writing, dance, anything to do with creativity and yeah. performing. And we actually met in a performing group at the Sierra Theater in Orem. Wow. If you know. Mm-hmm. Awesome. They do yep. such good work there. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah. They have like a teen... The performing group called Acting Up. It's like a high school version of Young Ambassadors, kind of. Very, very cool. So that's how we met. Love it. (laughs) I absolutely love that. All right. So Provo, by the way, we don't get a lot of guests from Provo. Really? We get a lot of guests who ended up in Provo. Mm-hmm. But we just don't, you don't meet a lot of people who, raised. I'm from Provo. No, I, I, I was a Provo lot. Bulldog. Oh, yeah, Provo through. High. Yeah. <laughs> That's, is that Provo High, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. So my wife was born in Provo, then grew up in California, and then came back. Oh, I see cool. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Born in Provo, parents Leave. were going to BYU. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So very, very cool. Dallin, what's your story? So I'm from the exotic land of Springville, Utah. Oh, I Very, very far from here. <laughs> My sister lives in Springville. We love it there. It's a I good love place. Springville. It's tucked away in the mountains. It's really nice. So yeah, it's beautiful. I went to high school in Springville. You know, I lived there for he was my a whole devil. life growing up. I was a red so. devil. Yeah, so that was a, that. that was a that was a really controversial thing it there was. for a little while, and they were going to change it, and they narrowed it down to the blue devil, which I don't know why that would as have long been as a it's good a blue change. devil, it's a BYU yeah. devil. That's yeah, why. So go. they kept it red. 
So it was Red Devil. I remember there was there was actually a petition saying we cannot have the devil anymore. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's that. kick the devil out of <laughs> Springville High. Yep. But it's still the Red Devils. It's still there. Never ended up going away. Nope. It's so funny. That's awesome. So at some point, you guys graduate from high school. Marin, what was your path after high school? Um, I began college, and I went on a mission. Right about the age change, when the age change Oh, okay. For 19. So did you go at 19, 20? Yeah, yeah, I went at 19. 19, right mm-hmm. at 19. Awesome. Where'd you serve? In Alabama. In Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, I love Alabama. <laughs> what a cool area. And you had a very special companion who has actually been a guest on this show before. Tell us who yeah, your companion we, was. I was companions with Kelsey. I was her trainer. I need to throw that out <laughs> you there. You were Kelsey Edwards' trainer. I'm the reason she is who she is. I'm just taking the credit. Yeah, if you go back to... <laughs> just kidding. To... She'll be so annoyed that I <laughs> We adore Kelsey. We absolutely love Kelsey. And yeah, if you go back uh, for our audience, go back to last December. I remember it was during the Light the World stuff. We had Kelsey mm-hmm. Edwards on and she is just yeah. adorable. We love her to death. So yeah. you served in Alabama. How was your mission? I mean, it was in the South, so it was very interesting. Every day was a new experience. <laughs> yeah. Bama's beautiful. It's so beautiful, yeah. And yeah. the people are just lovely. Yeah. They're so what nice. What cities were you in? But I was all over the map. I actually served half my mission in Tupelo, Mississippi, oh. home of Elvis. Oh, birthplace um, of Elvis, actually. <laughs> yeah. You were truly so. in the Bible Belt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. It yeah. was a challenge. I spent a lot of my mission studying the New Testament so that I could, right? you know, have some common ground and understand the similarities between the Book of Mormon and the New Testament. So I actually gained a really strong testimony of the New Testament on my mission. Isn't that awesome? Cool. Mm-hmm. As well, we should all have. I, yeah. had, I had something similar. I was down in South America and it was all Catholics and evangelical Christians. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you, you have to know... We should all know the Bible anyway. I yeah, mean, we should. We should for read crying it out loud. We spend <laughs> we spend half of our curriculum in uh, in Sunday school studying it. So mm-hmm. yeah, we should know our Bible a little bit yeah. better. I was a little ashamed and surprised about how much I didn't know until I went on my mission. So <laughs> that's what a mission's for, though. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then Dallin, how about you? Right after what happened to you after high school? Well, right after high school, I started working at a music store for a little bit and started to fall in love with audio work. Awesome. What music store was it? It's Mountain Rock Music in Springville. Mm, Cool. Super cool. It was fun. Yeah. But then shortly after that, I went on my mission at 19. Yeah. Went to Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah, it was awesome. Quite the adventure. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. He was there right during all the conflict. That's what I was going to ask, is what what years were you there? Yeah, so I was there during, I mean, all of that revolution that was going on. They had, so we had to stay inside for a few months, and you hear stuff outside your window that was crazy going on, so... Besides just growing spiritually and closer to God, I also grew mentally. Yeah. <laughs> that whole well, thing. and from those of us writing him, we wrote each other our whole mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would just go silent for like several months <laughs> because they had no access to a parents. computer. And we were oh, all like, is he dead? Is he alive? What's going on? What's happening? It was kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the A, that's horrible. B, those over 40 probably have very little sympathy for you because <laughs> my parents didn't hear from me for weeks at no, a time. No, that's true. They'd get my Christmas letter in April or whatever. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> but I'm sure it was scary because everything going on in the Ukraine at the time, I mean, the political unrest mm-hmm. of the Ukraine and what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine mm-hmm. and then the uh, rebellion is crazy. So yeah. mm, crazy time. Yeah. But missionaries were never pulled out of the Ukraine. So they were pulled out of eastern Ukraine. Oh, I didn't know that. When okay. Russia was involved in that area. Yeah. They moved all of those missionaries to our mission, which was in the central part of Ukraine. What was the mission called? Kiev. Oh, Kiev. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, so we had double the size of our mission in one week. And then they started transferring some of those missionaries back to the United States. And what a crazy time! It was, it was a it was an experience. It yeah, was fun. <laughs> I would guess so. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. He's got some crazy. I mean, people pounding on his door asking if you were American. What was? Yeah, so I served with the Russian <laughs> companion Nikita Yazvinsky. He's awesome. Yeah, he's great. And it was a blessing we were serving together because during a time of really heavy unrest, you had people on one side that supported the West, the other side that supported Russia. And so we'd have people come and knock on our doors and yell through, yeah, do you have any Americans in there? And him and his How thick scary. Russian accent could come up and say no. But then the other way around would happen too. Do you or have you any could... Russians? We need all our Russians. And in wow. my American accent, I could go over and say, nope, none here. We're good. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Crazy times. You guys both served in such cool areas. I just think it's awesome. Yeah. But slightly different. Very, very different. <laughs> Alabama and the Ukraine. I, I don't know if you could yeah. get that much more different than Alabama <laughs> and the Ukraine. The differences between our letters were hilarious, actually. Yeah. So I want to go back to that because I guess I took for granted when you said you met. I assumed that you maybe just met and knew each other and then reconnected after missions. But if you were writing each other, mm-hmm. did you start dating while you were at the, the Sarah? No, she was too cool for me. She was really, she was really popular, extroverted, pretty, and everyone wanted to be her friend. So she was just nice. Although we did have one kiss before our missions, playing spin the bottle. I know we we were having a rebellious moment. (laughs) We're gonna keep that from our kids for a long time. Spin the bottle. I hope it's Marin. Please let it be Marin. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you were just you but were just we were friends. good friends, and we would yeah. complain about you know who we were dating to each other and talk about <laughs> you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we were good friends. So were you friends, but were either of you deep down going, man, I wish we were more than friends? I think I didn't think it was possible. Yeah. So in my head, I was just like, she's way out of my league, that. so I'm just going to stay good friends with her because that's nice. Growing up, you know? I thought that about every girl I met. <laughs> she is out, every girl was literally out of my league. So I honestly I, thought the same. I just thought he was just way too like holy for me and way too nice. Yeah, he was a <laughs> he was a guy. really good boy in yeah. high school and just really like polite and upstanding and kind to everybody. And I, I That's mean, awesome. I lo- I really admired him. That's so fantastic. it was fun to go on missions and write each other. Were you out at the same time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yep. you're writing about each other's mission experiences. Yep. So then you get back. How do you connect? What happened? Um, I got back about eight months before him, dated a lot of duds <laughs> in that Sadly, time nice period. Sadly, I got to say there are plenty of those out there. Yeah. Yeah. Not to, I mean, I dated some good, nice people too, but... Um, when I, I mean, I think I was just holding out for him because I was getting his letters and I could see like, you know, he's becoming marriage material here. <laughs> so you started thinking and this before he came home. <laughs> oh, she yeah. was. Did yeah. you know this, Dallin? 
No, I was tipped off close to the end of my mission. One of my good friends wrote me and tipped me off and said, Hey, Marin wants to date you and you get home, you should try it out. <laughs> like, wait, what? It I just it, it didn't seem like something that would ever happen. So And then your mission president said, Do you want to extend you? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm I have I'm something going to do, President. <laughs> I might lose the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. That's so awesome. So you get home from your mission. Was it a natural transition into dating or? <laughs> it was pretty fast, honestly. Yeah. When I read his last letter, I was like, okay, I really do want to try dating him. I actually just felt spiritually like I should. Yeah. And I was um, kind of dating someone else at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I ended up just saying, I really feel like spiritually strong that I should date my friend when he gets home. So I'm going to wait for him. And I sent him an email his last week and said, hey, let's hang out when you get home. And he wrote me back within a few minutes because he happened to be on the computer at the time and said, yeah, I'd love to go out with you or something. Yeah, and that was well, his She said, let's week. hang out when you get home. And I said, well, what about going out on a date? So I was, I was going for it, you know. Dallin, you're very direct. I was going for it. Yeah. <laughs> it was Let's... his last Monday in the field. He was like, I got to solidify this right now. It was the Ukrainian mindset that I had drilled in for two years, you yeah. know. You just your commitment you go pattern. For it. You're, still, you're still in mission mode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Will you Will commit? you? Will yes. you? <laughs> yes. You yep. recap the whole thing. We enjoy time mm-hmm. together. You know you felt good about it. Will you make the next <laughs> step? And go on well, I had a great mission president. He's a member of the 70 now, and he was he was very good at, at telling us, you know, you got to make sure you do this and this. When you get home, you got to keep up your goals and, and go and find someone quick, Elder. You can't waste any time. And wow. So, it was good. Yeah. I'm grateful that he, he put that in my head. Cause... So I think that that's <laughs> uncommon, too, because mm-hmm. we, it, my wife and I in our calling, we work with the YSAs, yeah. um, and we talk a lot. I've got friends who are YSA bishops or in bishoprics, and one of the number one problems they find is they say that kids are coming home from missions or whatever are in that mid-20s age mm-hmm. and are not dating. Yeah. It's a lot of... Mm-hmm. Hey, we're all going to hang out over at Bob's house right. tonight. We'll watch a movie and hang out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm wondering where that shift happened, where it started becoming yeah. like that. Have you seen that among your friends? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I and I feel bad because I think there are a lot of people that want to you know find someone. They yeah. want to, you know, move forward with life and settle down, but I think it's hard. I I look at this dating landscape right now that my younger siblings are going through and a lot of our friends still are dealing with just i think man that look it seems rough seems really hard you know i think i don't know what caused it i don't know what's making the shift happen maybe it's our technology maybe Mm -hmm. it's yeah other goals i'm not sure but i think that another problem maybe is i think many people have too high of expectations I don't yeah. know if that's what, because it's kind of like, well, they like, you know, they like the same music as me and they like the same movies, but they don't like the same kind of hairstyle that I like or something. Yeah. Like, that's not what matters in marriage. Gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I just did a little segment on my podcast just a couple of weeks ago about, it was our 24th anniversary mm-hmm. and my wife and I have almost nothing in common. Mm-hmm. I was saying that. <laughs> If we took a compatibility test, forget about it. <laughs> you score zero. <laughs> but we love our children, we love the gospel, and we love each other. Yeah. And so I make her go to Disneyland every couple of years, and she makes me camp every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, 
you know, and, and it's great. And, and it is, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think people have a high expectation. The other thing, I, I read an article that talked about how um, social media has lured us into feeling like we have relationships, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's empty. I it's, can see it's that. It's almost like, well, you guys talk about McDonald's and whether or not McDonald's is great. You talk about that <laughs> on your podcast. It's almost like McDonald's, you know, technically yeah. it's food. Yeah. It but doesn't mean you feel really super satisfied at the end or the next morning. <laughs> sure. And that's what's kind of creating this where people go, well, I have a social yeah. life. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. things. Yeah. Well, it's mm-hmm. not really a social life. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So now there's a big focus on dating in a lot of the YSA awards. Oh, I think yeah. that's wise. See, I've read something about how social media is creating a lot more introverted people now, too, because they're gaining their social life through their phone. They're, the actual skill of like putting yourself out there and meeting people in person is becoming less and less, which is causing people to just have more social anxiety. Like, There's actually statistically more people I totally with social believe anxiety that. now because of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I totally buy that. And maybe an expectation of what if my party what if my event what if my date night is not on par it's with not instagram worthy the instagram posts mm-hmm. that yeah. i see <laughs> yeah. i worry about yeah. it a little bit within church culture mm-hmm. about we now have you know wedding proposals that cost more than my <laughs> wedding reception yeah that's true or you know what we're yeah. gonna have we're gonna have the mission letter opening that there has to be, you know, first the band is going to play, and then <laughs> we're going to open the, and then there's going to be, you know, we got a guest speaker that we flew in from wherever. Yeah, you know, we're creating this where the, the build up to it. Then how do you live up to an expectation? Yeah. Yeah. I think the millennial kids say it's extra now. That's extra, the term, yeah. right? Everything has to I've be heard very that. Extra. We we learned that we're not too long ago. My yeah. sister is teaching us that extra means. Oh, it's extra. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that can be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But you guys did it all right. You came back. What was your first date after your mission? Panda Express. Well, she was very <laughs> she was very good because she knew that I was interested in dating her, but she wanted to I think she was testing me out a little bit. So she said, Yeah, before we do anything, do you wanna just come to institute? So she invited me. I, it was like my first week home. That that first Marin. that first Wednesday back, I went to institute with me. You want to get to an RM? You invite him to institute. <laughs> oh that yeah, was smart. I was like, smart. That was smart. I, was I think we went twice. I think after the second time, I asked her if she wanted to go get lunch. I didn't realize that that would be a date, though. I, I it's kind of funny. It kind of turned into it turned a into date. one. We went to Panda Express. Yeah, <laughs> very romantic. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love then, Panda. Yeah, I I do too. I do remember sitting at Panda, though, and talking about our missions with each other and also just our goals in general for life. Mm -hmm. And we were both kind of going like, this really does feel like something we should pursue and kind of talking about that. And we had already been such good friends for so long. We didn't Didn't have to do the get to know you thing. But that was strange for me, at least going, I mean, first two weeks home. We're talking really fast go and and pray and i was really connected with god because i just barely got home and thinking is this are we already going down this path like is this already gonna be something that could work but i think the key for me and i think what i feel like is the key for anyone trying to decide if they should marry someone gotta look at those core things yeah do we both have the same goal of church service that's a huge one 
Right. Because if I were to get, you know, revelation or we were to get revelation together to move somewhere or serve in some calling or something, and you're not connected on that level, Mm. you both aren't going in that direction, that can be really tough. Yeah. That can be really hard. Yeah. So that and also where we, you know, kind of wanting to have kids and our goals matched up and we're lining up and like so what you said the core things yeah. were there even though our personalities are very different very, very <laughs> yeah. different that comes across in your podcast too yeah in a delightful way <laughs> but again you. you know my wife and i are very different and i think that if yeah. couples will set it up front that the only thing that matters is we will serve the lord we will follow the lord yeah. that makes so much more come mm-hmm. in line Mm-hmm. because the Lord only has one vision. So if we right. say we're going to be aligned with the Lord, mm-hmm. sometimes it takes a while to find that, mm-hmm. but you can at least get on the same track each time. Well, and when it's 3 a.m. and you're trying to help your crying baby go to sleep and you're exhausted, it's not going to matter what your favorite TV show is. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to matter how you can work together in your connection with God. So. Oh, absolutely. So how did it cross the line? Your friends are hanging out at Panda. When did it become a, whoa, we're not just friends. It was actually kind of funny. We attended one of our friend's weddings. And mm, at the yeah. wedding, he was dance. He asked me to dance. And afterwards, he kind of made... I went a little too fast. He made the bold <laughs> statement afterwards. He's like, well, I could see this going towards marriage. and Well, I even I- went further and I said... I would like to keep dating you, but I don't want to if you don't think it could get to marriage eventually. Yeah, Dallin, so I went. I went Dallin, for it. Don't, don't ever go into sales, Dallin. Yeah, don't do what I was doing. That was a hard close. That was a yeah. That was a yeah. hard, hard close. But so good I for you up... for being bold. Did that scare you off a little bit, Mary? It yeah, did. I shut it down for a little bit. Yeah. After that, and then um... said, "Easy there, cowboy." <laughs> And I felt dumb, and I felt bad. Oh, no. But it's okay. What happened after that, was though, is that he went out of town. He, he went, went with my friends with on a road trip. his friends on a road trip to Canada, actually, mm-hmm. for about a, a week. We all had passports yeah. from missions, so we were like, let's, <laughs> gotta leave, use, let's them. use them. Yeah, let's go to Canada. <laughs> and while he was gone, I really missed him. Mm. And I was the type of person previously to not really attach myself to somebody. So the fact that I felt attached to him and that I missed him so much was kind of a sign to me that maybe I should keep (laughs) giving it a try. It's a big deal. So when he got home, I said something like, okay, I actually want to try this. I really missed you. And I think it was was like a week later or something. We had our first (laughs) kiss. And Mm -hmm. from then on, it was really solid. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I listened to her. She said, "I'm. I don't know about that. Give me some time to think about it." And I just completely respect that and backed off. One hundred percent backed off. Yeah. And so I think. And then she decided. You know what? I actually missed him. <laughs> what's What's funny to me? What comes across from both your podcast and now talking to you guys uh-huh. is, uh, and I could be way off base on this, but Dallin, you're definitely an artist type, but also very technical. Like I can mm-hmm. hear your technical mind, both in your podcast <laughs> and here today. Yeah. And Marin, you're all art. Like you yeah. are all passion and heart. Mm-hmm. And it makes for such a fun combination, both listening to your podcast and you guys being here. Yeah. It just makes it really fun. <laughs> I can imagine that that leads to some fun discussions. I'm all yeah. art. 
I'm all art and passion, and my wife is very analytical, you know, mm-hmm. very much so. That's, and I, yeah. I think it makes for a, a fun balance, you know. It is fun. <laughs> yeah. You, someone has to have feet on the ground, yeah. and someone has to be pulling things up. And I think that that makes it really, really fun and really cool. So yeah. and What's fun is we've talked about how we've rubbed off on each other now that we've been married yeah. for several years, and how we've noticed... I've noticed him getting a little more laid back about things, and mm-hmm. he's noticed me getting really uptight about things. <laughs> yeah. We've just rubbed off on each other, which is really funny. Well, and I think the extrovert-introvert <laughs> yeah. thing, I'm very introverted, she's very extroverted, and we've kind of mused a little bit yeah. together. She wants to be a homebody sometimes. It's kind of crazy. It's awesome. I think that's so cool. And I think the fact that you can love the strengths of the other one, even though they're different. My wife and I went to a parenting class once where the instructor said the number one problem in marriages is that you marry someone different than yourself because you know they're different and you admire their differences Mm -hmm. and then immediately get to work making them more like you are. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. the problem is that, you know, a year later you go, well, uh, it was really fun that this guy was a dreamer. Mm-hmm. Now that we got to pay some bills, I don't, I don't want like to dream dreamer. anymore. <laughs> yeah, enough of the dreamer. But that yeah. goes back to that grounding in the gospel, right? Yeah. So you guys ended up getting married. How long ago did you get married? Oh, how long um, ago was it? About four years. Yeah. Yeah. And you have very quickly taken uh, the multiply and replenish the earth. <laughs> we took very we took seriously. the command serious. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your kids. That wasn't the original plan. Yeah, if you um, if you listen to our question and answer episode, we got asked by quite a few listeners actually how we decided to plan our family because we did have kids very fast and very close in age. Yeah. And we just announced yesterday online officially that we're actually pregnant with number. Three. Hey, hey, awesome! Hey. I didn't know that. I didn't see that. <laughs> so that this is awesome. This age gap will be two years, which is more what we were aiming for. Yeah, <laughs> well, the first gap was. It was uh, eleven about months. A year, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The old uh, Irish twins. Irish as they call twins. It. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We have two that are ten months apart. Oh wow. <laughs> yes. You, I mean, actually, you understand our life. <laughs> we, actually, we have two that are a month and a half apart. That's a different story. Yeah. All these kids are adopted, so. Oh, you've got adopted. <laughs> makes it a little bit different. <laughs> well, but that's the two awesome. that are ten months apart are full brother and sister. So yeah, we just didn't birth them, but we should have you on to talk about. Yeah. Cause we talk about parenting a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You guys do. So you had your, you had your first child. How long after you were married? A year. It was fast. Yeah. 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 About a year after you'd been married. It'd be, it's because we got news. She has, Marin has an autoimmune disease. They told us a little bit down the line, it's going to be really tough to have kids. So, she was going to school to be a nurse. She's almost done. And I was doing, you know, media work. And so that was our plan was we're going to both finish school and then we're going to start having kids and everything. But that news for us brought us to our knees. And yeah, we've we felt very, very guided by the steps to take with having each of the kids. So, so Marin, tell us about your autoimmune disease. So it's called Hashimoto's. I have a very severe version of it. It can be lighter or more severe, but it's an autoimmune disease that eventually deteriorates your thyroid, which controls your hormones, which controls your fertility. So um, that combined with my family history of infant loss, we have quite a lot of that in my family. Mm. Um, I was just given some really poor odds. For being able to have kids, even into my late 20s, my odds of um, infant loss just 
they said, you're going to have infant loss the older you get. And so mm-hmm. we, a big thing that we really agreed on before we got married is that we both wanted four kids. And so we just decided to start and get them here before we had to deal with that. Yeah. And we've been very prayerful about it. So. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. What challenges does it bring being a young married couple, newlywed couple, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> by the time your first kid comes? You haven't had three, four, five years the way some couples have to kind of build out the marriage first and bulletproof the marriage before a kid comes. Mm -hmm. Did you find more challenges or does it draw you closer together or both? I would say yes. I think there were some challenges (laughs) with it because, I mean, there's a difference between being married and having kids. There's a huge difference between the two. Yeah, marriage and a family are two. It's so different, different, and I didn't things. know I that. Different ball games. I thought yeah. I thought marriage is the last step, and then you just know the the next step after getting married is having kids. It changes things. It changes. I think in a in a good way, your your freedom is stripped from you. You know, yeah. you, your whole life becomes about these children. So it was. I think there were difficulties in going. You know, we have to completely put aside what we originally were wanting to do in those moments, yeah. especially with newborn babies. Mm. We, you know, we need to unite together. But the thing that was nice, why we keep coming back to this, is having that core belief and foundation on yeah. God. That was what made the difference. That's what made it all work. And I would say, relationship wise, um, to answer that question, there are positives and negatives, but I think overall positive because we have jumped so many hurdles yeah. that people don't jump for several years into marriage. We've had to, you know, create a life and a career that's more solid right off the bat because we had kids to provide for. Of course, yeah. We haven't done as much of the like frivolous kind of go off and do what we want as much because we've been doing that but then we've also very early in our marriage had to be in a very vulnerable place with each other because pregnancy is hard and Mm -hmm. pregnancy is hard hard yeah (laughs) little kids are hard how old your oldest now two two and a half yeah Mm -hmm. my goodness (laughs) so the ages are two one and one on the way so we'll have a three-year-old a two-year-old and a newborn Next Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you uh, a positive from someone who's been there. Mm-hmm. I'm 46 years old, and the way our family came together was through a lot of adoption. We've had two kids, and we've adopted a bunch of older kids. So awesome. I am 46. You'll be in a similar boat to this. My youngest uh, is about to turn 15. When he graduates from high school, when my youngest of seven graduates from high school, I'll be 50 years old. Yeah. And so I see our friends who, for years, were out cavorting. And partying yep. and having a good old time while we were, you know, knee deep in diapers. Yeah. And now, mm-hmm. you know, they're in they're in their fifties and early sixties or whatever with teenagers, and mm-hmm. so you'll you'll be in that situation too. Sure. We, my wife and I are going to have more of our marriage time together on the back end of it. <laughs> yep. Rather than on the front, which and you it's know, a great blessing. I'm fine with the idea that because you look at development psychology and and people as they develop by the time we've reached a point where our adulthood is developed in its you know fullest form before you do more stuff later in your 40s or whatever um our the definition of who we are is going to be married parents with kids and i like that yeah i like i'm not gonna have to redefine myself to have kids 
my head is marriage equals we have a family together. Yeah. So, plus I got to have my midlife crisis when I was like twenty eight. Yeah, so that was awesome. <laughs> I think I'm having that mine such right a now. benefit. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that saves a lot of time and money. So, so and yeah. I think whatever path people choose, as long as they know it's right for them, is obviously yeah. they know that's, best. That's the best so. part of it is that God has a plan, and I would never say that my plan or your plan would be right for others. And I have friends yeah. who've gotten married for the first time in their 40s and 50s and I have a friend who got married at 55 for the first time yeah. my friends who aren't married friends who mm-hmm. are on their second and third marriages have kids from each you know and yeah. that's their plan and that works and i think that's the biggest thing is to find your yeah. plan yeah. Does, yeah but your plan includes sharing with the world a <laughs> lot about your lives that's true how did the whole podcast come about um, so I was actually going to say, yeah, becoming parents so young actually helped me a lot in my career. I've always been a writer. I think the earliest passion I've had in my life was writing. I was awesome. like a small child. My dad is a published author, so he instilled this love of Very creating cool. literature and reading literature and just ingesting it <laughs> in me. So I've always wanted to be a writer and motherhood has been something I've been writing about for the last almost three years and it's really set off my career and I wouldn't have been able to write that if I hadn't started mothering so young awesome so um my writing skills combined with his he's a sound editor and um an audio technician for we his have all sorts of equipment job. already for music so <laughs> <laughs> we had the skills to create a show but um I've been a bit big podcast listener for a couple of years now and i've listened to a lot of podcasts that interest me mm-hmm. he listens to a lot that interests him we never really listen to the same ones together yeah. Yeah. it's very rare we find one we both like sure so i just remember one day saying hey what if we made a podcast because we have the skills that husbands and wives could listen to enjoy together as a Mm -hmm. way to build their marriage, something to bond over, something to spend time doing together. And so that was the inspiration for the show. (laughs) Let's make it a podcast that (laughs) both of us (laughs) can enjoy. So that's why it's called (laughs) Both of Us. Mm -hmm. And I want to be clear to our listeners because there's another podcast called The Both of Us Mm -hmm. that I started listening to and went, I don't think this is the right one. It's called (laughs) Both of Us. Uh And uh, there's some artwork that's really cool of your hair and your beard. (laughs) It's really cool. You'll see the the logo with the the two faces on it. Or you can just go to bothofus.net. Yeah, both That's of us got an easier, way to, find easier way to track it down. But it's available everywhere you get a podcast. Yep. Yep. And it's just awesome. You have tons of reviews, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And they're all mm-hmm. glowing and positive <laughs> as to how much fun. I'm going to yeah. describe your podcast from an outsider as a listener. I'd love I would that. say it is come hang out with us. Mm-hmm. One of the things <laughs> that I love about your podcast, like our podcast is pretty regimented. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a little intro, we got, uh, you know, 40 or 45 minutes with a guest or a couple of guests like yourselves. Mm-hmm. I give a little thought at the end and we're done. Mm-hmm. Yours one week is a countdown list. One week it's a <laughs> review of a trip or something you've done. Mm-hmm. Next week it's a guest. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just you interviewing a guest or it's both of you or whatever mm-hmm. speaking on a different topic each week. I mean, it's, you know, it's this great who knows what it's going to be from week to week. Mm-hmm. But each week there's something that really 
bonds the audience with you. Like, I feel like I knew you before you got here. <laughs> yeah. So We've heard really that a fun. lot from a lot of people. Yeah, I was going to ask, yeah. what's the response been from listeners? It's been awesome. That's the biggest. We, we made this and we enjoyed doing it. And we put it out. And then we found out people were listening to it. It's kind of, It sounds kind of funny, but I was surprised. Like, wait. People are listening to our podcast. Wow, it's I'm shocking. not surprised at all. You know? It has very broad appeal. <laughs> like I can see so many demos, so many demographics that would enjoy that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, people who are young, marriages getting ready for kids, or people who have had kids. I look back, mm-hmm. some of the things you guys talk about, I go, "Oh my gosh, I remember that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so even where I'm in a yeah. totally different phase in my life, I love it. I just mm-hmm. think you guys are so open. Well, do you ever? Good, yeah. Do you ever later feel like? We revealed a bit more than I was comfortable with. Has that ever happened to you? I think maybe sometimes when, you know, we're at church or I'm at work and someone I barely know comes up and says, I heard about your wife's infertility thing with the Hashimoto's and like, oh, yeah, huh. Yeah, we did talk about that. But at the the end of the day, I feel like I like connecting with people and it takes me a minute. I, I need to have deep conversations that connect with someone to be close with them and so for me being introverted it's been nice to be able to make friends a little bit quicker than i usually would have in those environments so i don't know that i regret anything yet maybe down the road there might be something i think there have been a few cringeworthy things for me where i've just been like (laughs) all right it's out there it's fine but We've had a lot of response from people in our demographic, young parents, awesome. young mothers who are in the thick of this phase of life who have reached out and we've received the most yeah. like touching messages who've said, it meant a lot to me to hear you open up about this or to talk about this subject that I haven't heard and it strengthened me and I feel like I know you and I feel like we're friends. And that's what we've been looking for is that mm-hmm. connection that helped for people to help them along in this phase of life to relate to them. And I've been really grateful for that. Yeah. Oh, that is so awesome. I totally get it. I mean, it's a very uplifting and fun podcast, (laughs) but you deal with some serious things in fun ways too. I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't shy away from, you've had some pretty serious discussions. Mm -hmm. Have you had anything you've had to edit out? You don't have to tell us what it is, but I mean, has there been a time where you've said, you know what, let's just, let's not have that included? Well, I think in the, at the beginning, we were trying to figure out what to do. We yeah. actually did a, quite a few episodes just practicing together to try and figure out how it was going to work. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot cut there. I think as far as cutting out any substantial things besides like coughing like crazy or <laughs> our kids screaming <laughs> for something, I don't think we've cut any... Yeah, we've it's tried awesome. really hard to, we advertise and claim that our podcast is keeping it real. Yeah, and so, so we, we need to keep to it real. We can't cut edit stuff. very minimally. We've, I mean, we've only been out for two months, so it's been a learning curve. And what we've found now that works for us is to not have a script, but to just actually talk through our topics together before we record. And that way we really don't, I mean, there's like nothing we would even want to edit out yeah. that way. Yeah. Which That's is one thing that really comes across, by the way, the spontaneous nature of your show is fantastic. Like <laughs> you have a, you have an episode where you ask each other so that the audience can get to know you. 
Mm-hmm. But it's obvious you didn't know what questions were going to be asked of each other. Yeah. Yep. You know, because I would have expected you would have said, okay, I'm going to ask you this or I'm going to ask you that. Yeah. But it's obvious that when you say, you know, what's your favorite TV show? Or, Wait, what I'm watching now? Or is it later? Or is <laughs> yep. it? That kind of spontaneous <laughs> yeah. thing was fun to me to hear, you know, That's to right. hear, yeah. oh, yeah. They clearly didn't plan it out. And I, I love that you guys trust each other enough. I can hear the trust in your relationship. The other thing that really comes through is your love for each other comes through in your relationship that you guys have clearly a tremendous amount of love for each other. You know, there's a great respect and love that comes through and I absolutely love it. And I think it's cool that you're willing to do it. If you, if you wanted (laughs) one, one thing that you wanted people to know about your show, what would it be? If you like it, you know, the one thing you've got your, your platform for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Here's why you should listen to this. Let's take turns. You go first. <laughs> I think it's important for me that people understand that we are just like them. We're not trying to be fake. We're not trying to put on a facade. And that if they are a married, if they're parents, if they're just married and they don't have kids yet, there will be something for them on the show that it'll make them laugh sometimes, that it, they'll be able to connect with us sometimes, and that we just feel like it's for them. It's not for us. It's for them to yeah. be uplifted and entertained. And I, that's probably a lot of things. But <laughs> No, that's great. Dallin? Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I would just add that um, in my mind, what I'm thinking of is I'm trying to remember moments that I've had. Because I feel like we've figured stuff out at this point because we've had these a few babies. And it's gonna we're going to obviously learn a ton but I don't feel like I'm drowning anymore. Yeah. When we first find out we're going to have important. a baby and another one right away and I would have to figure out how to provide for everyone. Oh, it was just it was rough. A lot of pressure. And I think of some of these moments that we had late at night in times I would listen to podcasts and in my mind I want to present something or create something that is helpful in those moments. Helpful in in the good times, but also some of the more difficult times that people are going through. Mm -hmm. And something that in the past I would have enjoyed hearing or would have been helpful to hear or comforting to hear. We've had a lot of people say like what you just said. Um, Probably our most common comment has said, I feel like I know you. I feel like we're friends, people we don't even know. And I think that is our goal, is that we are a friend to everybody awesome and for our audience to know because we are a latter-day saint show mm-hmm. your show is not specifically latter-day saint what's right. funny is i don't in the episodes i've heard i haven't heard mention of it but mm-hmm. i would have known that you were members of the church <laughs> right there's a vernacular i think there's just a vernacular yeah. that we use in a way that we think <laughs> and just the fact that you had so many young kids at this age and you live in utah it'd be pretty evident it'd be that pretty easy to church. figure it out <laughs> but it is a broad appeal show i can see anyone from anywhere really enjoying it yeah well i love it i'm so glad that you're doing it and i'm so <laughs> glad we had this chance to sit down we're going to wrap things up with the same question we ask all of our guests at the end of every episode. It's a simple little question. What does being a member of the church mean to you? And you can, either one can take the question first. I love it. Do you want me to go first now sure. since you've been going first? Yeah. Um, it means everything to me. I, I think of some of those moments we mentioned on my mission, sitting in a concrete apartment in Ukraine and that the thing that got me through some of those hard moments or some of the hard moments that any of us deal with in life, it's been 
my testimony in the in the gospel. Um, I think the thing I love about the church, and the thing that I think makes it unique, besides having the restored authority from God and all that, is it really is set up to help you create a personal one-on-one relationship with God. That's the most precious thing in the whole world to me, is having that connection with Him. And that's what I always try. It doesn't matter what religion you're part of. That's always what I try and turn people to, is try and reach out to God, because having that relationship with Him, that's everything. It's everything. Perfect. Maren? I'd say that the gospel for me is my biggest source of peace. And there is so much lack of peace in the world right now. Everywhere you look, there is so much conflict and confusion and just hard things. You really can't get online and not see something that's confusing or hard or something that people are dealing with. And to me, the gospel of Jesus Christ gives me peace. And that is the best thing that I could ever ask for. Awesome. Writer, audio engineer, husband, wife, (laughs) young parents, parents to be yet again, and podcast hosts. (laughs) Dallin and Maren Drubay, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your Latter-day life with us. We appreciate it. Thank Thank you for having us. And my special thanks to Dallin and Marin for coming in. And what a fun couple. I mean, their energy and their love for each other is just awesome. I so enjoyed getting to sit down and talk to them. So thank you again. And if you have not checked it out yet, be sure to check out both of us. They're amazing podcast. Fantastic stuff. Uh, this week in my Latter-day life, uh, it was a big week. I work in uh, wireless accessories. We make phone cases and iPad cases and all kinds of just mobile accessories. That's what we do. And this week, you may have heard a little company called Apple had a new phone come out. Now, back in the day, this was like the biggest event in the world. And people would uh, line up three days early and sleep outside the store. Now it's all online ordering. And it's not quite as exciting as it used to be. And this one was uh, the 10S, which sort of a just a better version of what they already had out. But it was still pretty exciting, especially because they had a new size, the Max. And so, you know, I was pretty excited about it. I have a tendency to replace my phone every two years. I don't get every single model, but every other year. And I was still on an iPhone 7, so I was ready to upgrade this time to the 10s. And I decided for the first time ever, I'm going to do the Max. My eyesight is going and I'm getting older. I want to have the bigger phone. So I was pretty excited about this launch and I kind of dragged my feet in ordering it. My company actually pays for it. So there was no reason, but I didn't get it pre-ordered. Then I was bugged by how long my pre-order was going to take. My iPhone 7 battery was lousy. And so the night before launch, I still hadn't ordered it, and I was kind of trying to figure out, I have a a few friends at Apple, but they were no help. I was trying to figure out, how was I going to get my hands on a phone? And I decided there was one way. I knew that the Apple stores were going to have a a certain amount of inventory. And so I called the Apple store. They were opening at 8 the next morning. I went to bed at about midnight, and I got up the next day and uh, got up at about 3.30 in the morning. (laughs) 
and I trekked down to the local Apple store, and I stood there out in the cold. We were there from about four o'clock in the morning. I was number 13 in line. It was still no guarantee I was even going to get the phone that I wanted, but uh, I was number 13 in line, and as we stood there, I was shivering. I should have brought a chair. I didn't, so no chair, no jacket. It was just It wasn't freezing, but it wasn't warm, and I stood very uncomfortably for a couple of hours. Then they let us inside the mall, and once inside the mall, boy, there were probably 20 people behind me and 13 in front of me. And I got to talking to the guy next to me, and we started laughing about our old devices. We started laughing about, did you have the iPhone 5? Yeah, here's what I liked about it. We were super geeky talking about, oh yeah, I had the original iPhone. Remember the way the headphone jack was and and all these things. Then we started going back to our Blackberries, how we both had Blackberry pearls and Blackberry curves and the original Blackberry. I remember when Jason, my old business partner, he and I got our original Blackberries. We thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And my wife said, don't ever talk on that in public. It looks like you're talking on a calculator because that wasn't the form factor of a phone. And then we went back before that to the old Nextel phones that you had pushed to talk. Remember those? It was like a walkie-talkie in your pocket. And before that, it was razors. Oh, man, when you had the razor, it was such a cool little flip phone, the Motorola's. And before that, I remember the Nokia. Oh, the Nokia's. Didn't we love the Nokia's? They never broke. So you had your Nokia. Of course, you couldn't text on it or anything. That was why you carried a pager. And I carried a pager. And I can go all the way back to remembering my dad's 1984 Audi 5000S and his big brick radio phone from Radio Shack that was corded and it had the little coiled (laughs) antenna on the back of the car. And I was threatened within inches of my life to never use it because it was like $2.99 a minute. The reception wasn't good anyway. But if I ever drove his car and we pulled up next to cute girls, I'd put it up to my head as if I was talking like, hey, how impressive. I have a car phone. And as we were talking about that, we were laughing about how ridiculous that car phone is now. That car phone sold for about $1,500 back then. And how crazy that is now. And how ridiculous the BlackBerry seemed. Why did we need keyboards? What would you pay for a BlackBerry today, I asked him. And he said, not a dollar. I would pay nothing. And yet in the moment, that was the biggest thing. And we were laughing about how ridiculous these old technologies were as we were standing at five o'clock in the morning to get the new. And in a few months, having a new iPhone XS really won't be a big deal. And in a year, well, there'll be another one coming out and everyone else will get excited. People will be selling off their 10s. In two years, it won't be supported by Apple much anymore. It'll be sluggish and slow and the battery will die down. And in three, maybe four years, maybe in four or five years, if you're using an iPhone 10s, people might laugh. What are you doing? Why don't you have the newest, latest, greatest thing? And I thought, man, there are some gospel parallels to this. We get so hung up on the things of today, the things that are such a big deal. I look back at certain problems that almost ended, you know, everything. It ended my world. And yet I look back at it now and I go, that was a big deal? Or things I had to spend money on. This was so important. I was ready to mortgage everything and give up everything because I had to have this gadget, this toy, this whatever. And then donating it to charity just a few years later. And we laugh. We laugh at how ridiculous it was. 
Now, granted, I had a good time going down to the Apple store. I'd never done it before, so it was kind of fun. I don't do that kind of thing very often. I don't do Black Friday. I don't do Apple launches. I occasionally have waited out for some concert tickets, but that's about it. So it was a lot of fun, but it certainly put it in perspective that this thing is going to work for me for a little while. But the one thing that works, the one thing that lasts, the thing that is eternal is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we put our focus on the things that will for sure be worthless, and I mean worthless, this will get to a point where it will be worth pennies to recycle. Pennies. That's everything in earth. What lasts forever are relationships, as our beautiful Dallin and Marin told us earlier. It's our families. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it is fun, and it's a good diversion, and I'm loving the new phone. Don't get me wrong. But let's keep those things in perspective. And that's what's happening this week in my Latter-day Life. Thank you so much for tuning in, and please be sure to join us on Linger Longer Live, uh, the 27th. That's at 7 p.m. Talk about church dances. And until next week, we got another great show for you. Please remember, as always, there is a great, big, beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.